Just a quick announcement at the top of the show. Movies is going to be recorded and released twice a week, every week, from this point going forward. Head on over to patreon.com slash so you don't miss a single episode, and you'll also be able to get exclusive access to series like After Dark, Niche Influential Films of the 20th Century, where each month I am going to be covering an underrated or overlooked film from the 20th century that had a lasting cultural impact that maybe isn't even noticed today. There's also Glue Addict, a reality television program starring myself and Hans, and also Jake and Jerry from Civic TV, and Kenny, America's favorite, from Comfort Systems, our sketch comedy series. Go on over there again, patreon.com slash the $5 and up level. You're going to get a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm probably going to give you a little bit of insight on the making of our feature film that we've been working on for the past year, Mass State Lottery. Patreon.com slash Enjoy the show. This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. With me today is Hans, who, uh, you know, you, you're rocking the, uh, it's a very, like, 2003, hip 2003 t-shirt, you know, with the collar you've got there. Does, uh, does the arms also have uh, a lining? Yep. Okay. Very popular in 2003 to 2006. Kind of the Tim Pool look right now. Yes, yeah. Listen, for the hundredth time... <laughs> I am currently growing my hair for a role that I'm going to play for this man sitting in front of me. Not really. Uh, so my hair looks like right now if I had gone through like round two of chemo. So I cannot <laughs> leave my house without wearing a hat. And it's been so many times where I'm about to leave the house to go to the store or whatever. And I feel my and I'm like, I can't. I can't. People would just stare and be like, why is this man still fat? If he's going through chemo, that makes no sense. So, so I always have to wear a hat because otherwise, yeah, it's horrible. And uh, we have very special guests star here. We have uh, Jacob A. Miller, the cinematologist. Jake, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm just so happy to be here. Talk about talk about buying physical media. Yeah, which you plebeians don't do. You guys are pirates. Yeah, you guys are like the guy in Captain Phillips in Good Time. I was, you know, what? when Jerry fell asleep during the show, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, guys." Yeah, we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. I was thinking about posting. I'm the captain now in the in the group chat GIF. <laughs> Since we're doing this now without Jerry's presence, we just went ahead without him. Hey, we could play a game right now. Uh, guess the posters on the on the wall behind us. I can <laughs> see the thing, and I don't know what, what the one furthest behind you is, Jake. And then Hans... oh, that's uh, that's uh, I know that one. That one's uh. Um, Black Sabbath's for first album, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the tapestry is Black Sabbath. I've got uh, the thing, and back there is Trick or Treat. Which one? The Gene Simmons Trick or Treat? The Ozzy Osbourne Trick or Treat? I, I actually have that movie on DVD, but it is not. No, it's the Mike Doherty Trick or Treat uh, that I've got. Halloween. A small 14 by 18 or whatever, and then the Wolfman right there. But then I've got like six others over here. And Hans, anyway. Hans what, what, what is this cat that's behind you? It's I see just, a cat. Uh, do, are you inspired by Jerry? Jerry has a fat cat, like a weird medieval did, did cat. Did you draw him. that, Hans? Did no, you no. The fridge I can't. You? No, I can't. I can't paint at all. My my girlfriend painted it. It's like Laura cats. That, it's Laura like our, our cats, kids. You know, like when you have pets and they're your kids. Are you a cat it's dad? Like, yeah, I'm a cat dad now. Loris just has uh, <laughs> good, good pictures of, of you. Yes. And, 
I uh, no, I can't show what's on my wall. They're just objects, just a random. There's just a pen. There's a picture of a piece of paper with nothing on it. Yeah, it's I actually. This, I'm actually at John Podesta's house right now. Um, <laughs> this fat fat toddlers. Yeah, it's fat toddlers getting things. getting whipped. You, you strike me as a guy that like has a. Uh, the, the picture in the room, like the big spoon on the wall or on, <laughs> yeah. on, on the nightstand. Yeah. You're just like, we need something on the walls here. Let, throw up this. this, this Let's spoon. have a hundred things. I'll have to, I'll yeah. show you guys my, uh, my apartment at some point. It's very decked out at the moment. I got, I have very inappropriate things that I can't show. That's why there's a blur. Um, but we're going to be talking about physical media tonight. That is right. Because, well, more specifically, we already did a show on physical media Something like 50 episodes ago. And that was the last episode you guest starred on. Um, And we're going to be doing uh, boutique labels specifically. Because something that I have noticed is within the past like three years especially, there are tons, there are dozens of boutique labels that have come out that specialize in restorations and, uh, you know, equipping niche films with special features that you're not going to find on their standard corporate dvd release and a lot of movies that don't uh have good transfers out on dvd and blu-ray currently that are being uh put out there by these new labels and there is actually there's a there's a new label i came across very recently they're brand new they are doing a 4k restoration of escape from no 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 sorry assault on precinct 13 oh wow okay and it looks pretty good somebody i because i i browse reddit from time to time and somebody was posting the process of cleaning up one of the original prints of Assault on Precinct 13. And this is probably going to be their, their biggest title. Uh, if I can remember the name of the distributor, I'll give them a shout-out. But I, it's not coming to mind at the moment. Well, well because I, I, have the, uh, I have the Shout Factory version of Assault on Precinct 13. And I believe that's a 2K trans, transfer. And it, it's, it's pretty, pretty solid. I, I think yeah. that's about as good as you need to go. But I guess if you really want to refine that... Because I believe Assault was shot on Super 16 back in 76. So, but if you can clean that up, I, I guess by all means, um, the Shout Factory release is pretty awesome. But hey, uh, it's an awesome movie. So, yeah, you know, release it however you want. Just the it's viability it. of it being on one of the 4K Blu-rays, I, I, don't, I don't know. The, well, I, I suppose it will sell out. Maybe they won't make it. Deaf Crocodile Films. That's right. Started. Yes, that's right. Deaf Crocodile Films. Uh, that That's probably the, the most known title that they have under their belt at the moment. Again, they're brand new. So I'm interested to see what they do. I welcome competition in that world because I voice my uh, displeasure with Criterion quite a bit and wound, wound up getting me on the Criterion subreddit where some, some nerd, some little <laughs> pussy said, oh, I found it. The worst take. And then it was a screen cap of me as the little elfin man from Twin Peaks rubbing his hands together and uh, saying, oh, Criterion is terrible. You don't need Criterion Channel even. Just get Turner Classic Movies, which I kind of stand. It's I true. Look, I have, I have yeah. both right now. Criterion Channel has gotten better. Criterion has also kind of gotten better a little bit. But there's doing things that are disappointing me, and we'll get into that uh, a bit tonight. But, uh, Jake, I know that you're big into buying physical media like I am. It's not something that I, you know, uh, uh, like flex on social media much these days because it makes you look like like a movie bob type uh, if you do talk about that explicitly. So I just kind of keep it to myself, you know. You don't see any Blu-rays behind me. 
it's just lamps well it's kind of like um it's like funko pop light now to be that guy sure it and like we uh, we kind of said in in a previous episode there used to be a whole culture of it on youtube with and and i i I even partook in it way back when like like 10 12 years ago of you fill the shelf up with these cool titles or even new stuff and 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 people loved it and it it was a viable thing to build a a fan base online but now it's just become like this whole new cultural thing. But I got to say, when you think of, when you break down the idea of like these boutique labels, if if you want to call it that, somebody like uh, Shout Factory or Arrow Video, Severin Films, um, there, there's a number of them. Uh, Vinegar uh, Syndrome? Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome's. Uh, I mean, they're, they've got an interesting trajectory. I mean, if we take a look back at like 2015, 2014, uh, obviously Criterion had carved out the market earliest where uh back when laserdisc was a thing they kind of had the exclusive laserdisc rights to a lot of movies so it wasn't considered like excuse me we i mean they weren't totally hung up on putting out the most important films or uh, culturally significant films they took a lot of mainstream titles they had james bond movies in there they had i mean that's how i think armageddon wound up making the transition over to DVD and getting a proper number. And then around 2000 or so, that's when you start to see them take on this new form where they're not just, oh, we're a Laserdisc distributor. We're going to specialize in uh, restoring and and paying close attention to contemporary and classic films. And from that point of like 2000 up until about maybe 2013, 2014, when you see Shout Factory come about, uh, they seemed to be the only ones. They, they had a monopoly on it. Shout Factory got into it with 80s horror, specifically. And it kind of seems like they're being made irrelevant now through Arrow. Um, do you have a, a favorite boutique distributor among these these titles? And that, that question goes to either one of you. I Yeah, it's tough to say, I think, based on what I have on my shelf right now. Uh, I hate to say it because I really do like a lot of what Shout Factory has put out, but I think I think they've slightly petered out in terms of the the films that they're they're being able to distribute. So Arrow has really taken that game and and run it and, and just run with it, even to the point where somebody like uh, Joe Bob Briggs made a passing remark about it, almost in a satirical sense, as um, almost as a jab, but a good spirited one, where he's talking about Arrow. Is getting they're getting good films like for uh, for example uh, a few that I have on my shelf I have Last House on the Left by Arrow Video which the original Craven version I've got The Hills Have Eyes from Craven the Arrow version I've got Children of the Corn the Arrow version and they've really carved out an identity of, of finding films that people have come back around on or even ones that were successful, but kind of second tier. And they've cultivated, I mean, even just their, their art alone, like uh, the last house on the left case I have is actually really nice. It's got a ton of nice gritty artwork on it. And then it's got two or three discs full of these features and whatnot. Lots to unpack since it's Craven's first feature. It's like, one of the premier rape revenge films of the early seventies and whatnot. <laughs> and, and they, and they do that and, and they, they've done it for hundreds of films now. And, uh, arrow is usually, 
I think usually the first boutique distributor I look for when I'm like, hey, I want to get something good, something that has a good release and, and whatnot. Who am I going to look for? Shout Factory is great if you want to find anything from John Carpenter because they get all of his movies. And I've, I've got, I think, all of their Carpenter releases maybe except for Village of the Damned if they gave that one. So they've kind of got a niche with a couple of certain directors, but Arrow has really taken the lead. But then the fun part about it is other people are catching up. There's competition, but I guess yeah. to just have a a shortened answer. Yeah, Arrow is Arrow's the way to go right now. So to just revisit some of my complaints with Criterion uh, regarding the physical media uh, tier of what they're doing anyway. Uh, a lot of my problems stem with the fact that they won't make the upgrade to 4K. They do have 4K prints. They're, they're just not willing to uh, put out the extra money it would take, I guess, to put that onto a 4K disc and include that, whereas Arrow seems to be more than eager to do that, and a lot of these other ones are, are following suit. Um, and you see uh, certain distributors uh, specifically getting the rights to a movie like Parasite, which was obviously a very popular movie in 2019. Um, what was the uh, the Korean distributor? Uh, 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 the name is not coming to mind at the moment, but I'll tell you what. I'm not even going to try. You can <laughs> no, probably no. pronounce it, Lorez. We, we know you're the honorary Asian in the room. I, I, yes, uh, even over you, Hans. That's why, that's why he's not going to try, because he doesn't want to offend his girlfriend in the room. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, but I do have uh, the special limited edition that they put out earlier this year. This is sold out, and if you want to buy it, it's uh, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. I got this for 60 bucks from South Korea. And uh, it came with a 4K disc, a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and a little booklet. And, uh, you know, the the print that is on the disc is exceptional. It's very clean. There's good special features on there, uh, and it is region-free. And then you take a look at the Criterion version, right? And I think this is pretty nice, nice cover art. And you open it up, and it's also kind of nice. And it's blurry, and it's very out of focus because of the <laughs> Skype filter that's that's over my video. But then you take a look at the the Criterion version of that, and it's just a regular 1080p, and the cover is atrocious. It's a uh, it's a uh, Morse code. Yeah, it, well, look, it looks like it. Yeah. You know what I like in that too? That's that's to me like. When, who's it, A24 puts out their their clothing line or something like that. And it's garbage. It's uh. a white shirt with a tiny little A24. And it's like, hey, $50 because we're cool. Hey, wear berets and stuff. And, like, and it makes me wish that A24 was never a thing. That's where Criterion is headed with these recent uh, or yeah. these very prevalent designs lately that you, Laura, have been leading the charge on. You're like public enemy number one via that reddit post yeah and uh, you you've probably gained like an extra three thousand followers on your facebook account just by crapping on their designs yeah but probably. rightfully so yeah they i mean it just seems lazy to me like they they do seem more concerned with picking up uh certain films so they can kind of uh uh you know trot out this 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 idea like um something that i see a lot on the criterion channel is they will make a playlist of films and it will often be, you know, a, a social cause motivation like bold women filmmakers. And so they'll just acquire the distribution rights to these not good movies uh, so they can put them on there. And then they'll wind up putting them out on Blu-ray and DVD. Um, 
and it, it it's just disappointing. And you can see that there's a lack of interest in offering good supplements on the discs. Um, I think they, I mean, if you're lucky, you'll get a commentary from some random film scholar who, you know, take it or leave it. They, they usually don't know, any, like, any more or less than what, you know, you or I or Hans would know about uh, regarding any given film that might strike our interest. And it's like, you, you know, you've got to pay $30 for this disc. What are you really, you know, paying for yeah. here? Yeah. Yeah. How is this different than just a regular $10 DVD that you can get in a year or two? Right. Besides having just the criteria thing. Ah, one of the things that attracted me to, I mean, I guess that's for everyone around my age. I don't know if you guys, I mean, of course you did. Uh, going to the video store and just being attracted by covers, even if you had no idea what the fuck the movie was about. And a lot of the time, most of the time, it was not a good choice, but sometimes you will find little gems that you're like okay this is cool i found this one of the things that attracted me to physical media or attracts me still which is why i buy vinyl instead of cds is the art that they put on the cover uh i like vinyl better because it's bigger so you can see it better and it's just uh, just a bigger thing and it's not a, 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 a flimsy cd box so I, I prefer that when it comes to these re-releases of old movies I like it when you can tell that they hired someone to do art specifically for this. So it looks completely different. But if you know the movie, you know, you know exactly what it is. So it's like an extra layer of artistic flair, I guess, that you add to it. So even if the movie is just a regular movie without anything extra, at least it looks cool, you know, and you have that. Criterion, at least from from the most recent ones, it feels like they're they're trying to just survive by having their little stamp of criterion that's it so yeah. the effort is not really there and what other reason other than i i have a criterion version that is more expensive or will be more expensive than you know buying it for 10 bucks like like i said it's like it, it's not even worth it because they don't give you extras but it also looks boring or wor- or even worse sometimes than the the real cover certainly i that that c that c for the criterion has become fashion People will get into yeah. movies strictly because it Shirts. may be in the Criterion Collection. I mean, it started with okay. one of my favorites with House, with that orange shirt with the cat's face. And, you know, now it's kind of the same thing as A24, where, you know, you can buy a Janice Films bag or hat or whatever for $60, yeah. and it's just like the most plain design. Also, uh, for anyone who is interested, that South Korean distributor is Plain Archive, and they put out some really good... Uh, you know, versions of, of films. Not always the best movies. There's like Foxcatcher in there, but they put it in like a gym shoebox. Or, I don't know. If you're into Foxcatcher, that might be worth a buy. Um, but just to go back to uh, Criterion, they do have some interesting titles coming out because they seem to be venturing out. But something that does uh, bother me is, and I understand why they took this deal, is their agreement to put out films that go direct to streaming that are, uh, like Oscar prestige, like Sound of Metal, for example, or One Night in Miami, movies that literally exist just so Amazon can say, well, we were nominated for 30 Oscars this year. We got a good Best Supporting Oscar under our belt. Our movie is nominated for Best Picture. Same with Netflix. I mean, sometimes that works out. I do have The Irishman here with some glare and some blur. And uh, I actually I have not checked that out. I do have I do have like good illustrations of all the uh, boutique labels here. Um, we've got Mishima, 
No, sorry, that is not Mishima. That's Patriotism by Yukio Mishima. That's a good little cheap DVD you can buy for $13. It's a short film. It comes with a short story. I do recommend that. That's from the early days of Criterion. They wouldn't dare put out anything of Mishima's now. Um, anyhow. So, uh, yeah, Sound of Metal. Have you guys even seen any of these Amazon Prime movies? No, not exclusive, no. I've uh, seen Bad, Bad Ben, 1 to 5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is Those that an Amazon original? Release. <laughs> to be fair, let, let's go on a slight tangent. We won't stray too much. I'll give that guy credit. He makes his poster art in Microsoft Paint. But at least it's symbolic of the movie you're going to see. You're not getting that on a lot of, <laughs> let's say, prestige movies or, or movies that are supposed to be good or subversive or something like that. Everybody says the same thing. It's it, And it's true. Every poster you're getting today, every factory-made DVD, Blu-ray, 4K DVD cover, it's like head casserole. It's just a bunch of heads floating in midair, brushed on with, with, uh, with Photoshop to kind of fade the separation from the background. Like, that's all it is. There, there's no design anymore. Lorez, you've been probably the biggest proponent of, like, comparing American home video releases to, say, uh, Japanese or Korean releases and showing the absolute disparity between the two design schemes. And the question is just, who the hell is paying these people? And I understand you have to mass produce a product and then pedal out two million copies of... of of Avengers, uh, Age of Ultra, or whatever, uh, Endgame. But, I, it, it, like Hans kind of alluded to, or he really plainly alluded to, is that people don't give a damn when they see a movie that 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 just looks run-of-the-mill, like, like there's no extra artistic value to it. And any movie that's willing to put effort just into, back in the day when we were kids, the, the paper cardboard case... The sleeve of that was definitely yeah. going to deteriorate. Not like the plastic covers they have today uh, of, of a VHS tape. If they were going to put the time and money and effort into that, then it means they at least care enough about the movie that they, they do want you to see it. And the effort there shows it. Now today, it's just kind of like, who are those covers made for? Who are those piss poor covers made for? Well, for for do the they distributor, even... just so they can see the star's face and go, oh, that'll make money. If you want to see a really terrible poster right now, check out Crisis 2021. Uh, I think the filmmaker's name is Nicholas Jarecki, and it stars Army Hammer, G Gary Oldman, and uh, uh, yeah. somebody or is else. It, uh, is it Andrew Jarecki, uh, this, the guy who did like the Jinx? No, no, and... no. I might be his brother. I think oh, it's his okay. brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crisis, and uh, who, who's the last one? Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly, Lilly from Lost, and this is the the laziest cover I've ever seen. It would okay, take uh, it would take me probably a good minute to make this in Photoshop. Yeah, three floating heads. The floating head. The floating head is actually a relic of like two thousand two. Oh God, they man. don't do the floating head as often anymore. This is kind of rare. I encourage you all to take a look at this terrible poster for this <laughs> movie crisis. Two terrible, two that's every that's that's the thing. You you get very few exceptions to the rule, and that's to go back to the real kind of meat and potatoes of this. That's why people like us and, and people that are real cinephiles or consumers of this kind of material, I think are really gravitating toward the Severin films and the shout factories 
and the uh, I think like Video Vortex. I think that's one of them. Uh, and then, and then the Arrow videos, of course. That's why people like us, and I think maybe a growing base of people are starting to flood back to uh, these boutique distributors. I mean, for one, I think it's just a great entrepreneurial thing that has come out of, I think, a really difficult time with how corporatized everything is. I think it's um, kind of impressive we're in this situation. But that effort on the cover art is usually matched by the uh, the bonus material. I mean, I know I have um, I have two... I, I think I have three copies of Halloween three, but all in like different formats. I have, I have the regular DVD that was probably released back in about 98. Um, I've got a, I think a basic Blu-ray copy of it probably from 08, 09. But then I have the shout factory Steelbook release from just a couple of years ago. And so not only is the cover art fantastic, they actually included a great poster. I haven't hung it up yet over here. Um, and the, the cover art is fantastic, but additionally, they have uh, a, a slew of supplementary material, new interviews, documentaries, behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and there's been a concerted effort, and this, this totally trumps that culture that I was talking about earlier with, um, with, with the whole DVD collection crowd on YouTube back in the day. All these guys... You, you, mean, you, you mean the other day? The, the other day it was only yeah. two weeks ago that we yeah. recorded yeah that episode. <laughs> yeah uh, i i think one of the main things uh that is driving people to go toward uh these niche distributors that put so much time and effort into uh making a pre-existing product feel fresh again has to do with the fact that uh movies aren't really an experience anymore especially now with everything going to streaming and this is kind of like the yeah. closest thing to that back in 1982 or something you know you, there would be a movie out and then you know there would be a wait period before you could even get a hold of a 70 dollar videotape of that so you could rewatch it uh you might yeah. go with the novelization which was a paperback for 7.99 or you might pick up the vinyl album soundtrack if you really enjoyed it and then, uh, you know, you would just hope that you would hear some kind of advert on the radio. There was a, a lot of, uh, you know, texture to being a film nerd back then that is made accessible today. And I think, uh, you know, what they wind up doing is adding that extra oomph to films, which otherwise would just be like a quick rewatch on, on mm. whatever platform you might, you know, peruse or... Um, and. Also, the fact that, you know, we no longer have uh, theaters as readily available as before. I think that plays into it as well and also why we have more of these coming out of the woodwork, especially over the past year and a half, two years, uh, ramping out their, you know, their releases. I, I, I think it's, a, it's also a missed opportunity that I'm, I'm glad that there's more companies doing special editions like this because, uh, me, well, when I was... Yeah, a young lad. Um, I remember there's one version of Evil Dead 2 that I always wanted, and it was the version that came with uh, the Book of the Dead. I don't know how shitty it was. I just remember that the big box for that the physical, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always wanted. It was like sixty bucks at the time, and I, I was like, "Fuck, I really want that." But I already have two different versions. I'm not gonna get it. I'm not gonna get. It. Never got it. Now, if you look for it, it's like three hundred bucks. It's re fucking ridiculous. The, the 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 price of it, but now we have an advantage with even with like 3d printers and how you know uh, producing 
shirts or as I was looking at the the Foxcatcher thing that you said, and it came with a couple of fake medals and and a couple of extra things that are more uh, that make make the movie a little bit more like you said, like an experience. Uh, that that Evil Dead one, I also remember uh, a box set of the Misfits that I'm glad I never bought because it was just uh, CDs that was in the shape of a casket. It was a giant casket. Uh, so yeah. I feel that. I don't know if you remember. I, I, I remember seeing. Yeah, you see that all the time at like Newberry Comics or or Hot yeah, Topic yeah, yeah. type place. Yeah. I always wanted that. I'm glad I didn't because the CDs and that shit is dead now. But um, I I kind of want that to come back, and that's one thing that these distributors do not just with the art, but they also release the special editions. Where yeah, I mean you end up paying sixty bucks for it, but you get like Jake, like an extra poster or you get a little figure or you get a book with interview or extra shit that makes it more of an experience than just the movie that you saw 20, 30 years ago. Uh, and it adds a lot to it. Um, I just wish that there were more of them doing that just because of that, that now we have access to all of these things that the manufacturing of it was more difficult back in the day. If you look at any, for example, an action figure now, it's a lot more detailed than anything you can grab in the 90s or 80s, where it's just one shape, every single one of them. Um, <clears throat> so I guess I'm excited with the fact that there's, there's a lot no of action figures. There's more up. detailed action yes. figures you can buy yes. and play uh, with. <laughs> there's more yes, Funko also, Pops. I'm excited there's more of them coming out because there's a lot of movies where you can revisit and do this uh, treatment of it that will make them interesting. Uh, and uh, instead of just you know, having three different versions just of the same thing, just because you want a behind the scenes interview or something like that, which is what back in the day they would do. It just re-release the same movie with an extra feature thing or not even change the cover sometimes. Well, I, I think what we're kind of realizing here is part of what makes a movie a movie isn't just the film itself. It's also the context that it arrives in. Right. So mm -hmm. in, in my head, like I think back to say the dark Knight. And a lot of my feelings about The Dark Knight, or when I like think about that movie, are specific to the time in which that film came out and all the, the media hype that was around it. And you couldn't go to the mall without seeing a ton of like Joker memorabilia and uh, shirts and bobbleheads and w this and that. So, uh, and that kind of like adds an extra flair to that. I think the context is very important. Um, something that I did want to talk about because, Jake, you were talking about the effort that goes into the poster art and also why I think Japan uh, specifically has far superior poster art to maybe any other you know, country, maybe at least Western countries. There, there's absolutely more effort put into that in the design scheme and the composition of how uh, these things look is because they have not gone all in on technological convenience like we have. So record stores are still very popular there. Uh, people do buy physical media. Uh, people use pay phones still. Like there's, a, there's an eye toward that old technology because I think they understand that not everyone's willing to hop aboard that. And it doesn't really take much effort to produce these things or keep them afloat. And something that we definitely suffer from here is mistaking convenience for progress and i think I, I was talking about this in regards to like the self-checkout amazon stores where you can just put shit in your cart and you can walk out and it's just going to register whatever you have in your cart based off of you know your phone in your pocket um right where it right. eliminates 
like jobs for people. It, it eliminates purpose from people's lives. As, perpetuates, as, perpetuates the bug men culture. Right. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to socialize. You don't have to be, uh, you know, uh, privy to any sort of awkward experience for more than a second. And uh, you can just go about if, your day happy. And if you, if you want to apply that concept to movies now, that could just be the conveyor belt that Amazon, I mean, Amazon, Netflix has become, Netflix has become it's exactly where, what it is. Where, yeah, I'm going to sit and watch 10 hours of these series, but is it good or am I just watching it because it's there and it's available and I have nothing to do? So at the end, and, and, and you can look at the uh, whole slate of Netflix original productions and you can probably handpick maybe a couple that are original or that look different, but it just seems like, yeah, it's just a re, you know, a re-thread of the same thing, same actors, same look, same cinematography, and you're just consume it because you're sitting in front of it. Also, and there. Well, from, well, from no, a business, a... Oh, let me just say real quick, from a business vantage point, it does make more sense for them to make ten times as many features oh, yeah. or series than to build all this hype around one or ten movies mm -hmm. that they might have come out in a year, where if that doesn't connect, then you just wasted all this money surrounding this. Like that, the fan service, you know, that, that would be uh, paid attention to for that movie is going to be rendered meaningless because it's not going to make its money back, even though they have infinite, infinite money. They can do whatever they want yeah. forever. Well, no, I was going to say, Hans, you bring up uh, a decent kind of tangent that you can go on when it comes to Netflix. Uh, I don't have my own personal account. I just I fiend off of uh, my three friends in life that I have, and I just use their accounts. But there's something to be said here because use the video store uh, comparison as a counterpart. How many times have you found yourself on any of these services, really, but especially Netflix? I mean, James Rolfe, who we talked about in, in a previous episode, made a parody of how people try to watch movies on Netflix. You're, you, you find yourself scrolling down their list for about Stop. 45 minutes until Ugh. you finally find something that you want. But why is that? Because they, they don't make anything look interesting. Everything, it's a bad thumbnail with an awkward screenshot uh, of one of the actors like mugging or it's just this piss poor, uh, you, you know, big bold letter title uh, on a, on, again, an artificial thumbnail. There's nothing visually appealing or stimulating that they ever put into their library. You have to either know from hype ahead of time that, oh, this is like a good word of mouth thing. Uh, or you need to get lucky and just be like, okay, I'm going to watch this thing. Uh, but it doesn't have that organic but, but quality that, that finding something but, with appealing art on the shelf has. And then the ones that they actually put uh, that effort into are so bad. They're just like, did you really just put effort into this one thing? Like, that's the one that you wanted me to watch, this piece of shit. You know? uh, yeah, but I, I, I would at least give them credit for that because th th that at least requires some effort and, and to kind of talk about the, the video store gems of uh, the days of old. Like, yeah, yeah, a lot of those bad movies had good cover art, but at least they gave a damn enough to have that good cover art. Uh, Netflix is just, hey, hop on the server and scroll like a zombie for 40 minutes. Then yeah, pick, my then biggest, pick, yeah. pick Con Air for the first time in a row. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's happened to me a couple of times where I just scroll, scroll, scroll. And just, Am I really just going to watch Shawshank for half an hour again and then just quit because I'm bored? Like, I, I they, they not only make it difficult to find things that you actually want to watch, uh, but it's also pol polluted with so much garbage that you have to go through uh, that just unappealing shit. Like, just 
stuff that that, that you're kind of like, who is this for? Go ahead. You like, can who, say who Indian movies, Bollywood movies, Indian people. <laughs> no, no, Camille no, Nagioni movies. I, I, no, no, I get uh, that's just white people movies. Uh, I get uh, I get Nigerian dramas, which are really weird because we don't have that many Nigerians here. But uh, it's just it's just difficult to to find the, a couple of good ones uh, in the middle of all the trash. But then, yeah, it's just uh, like you said, they don't care about the money anymore. So why would they focus an entire ad campaign or? Hire an interesting director like they did at the beginning with uh, what's his name from True Detective and uh, with uh, that piece of the... Well, that was that was early on yes. too. You got to keep in mind that was 2014 or 2015. I want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was their exactly. first venture. It got them praise, but at the end of the day, it, it was a movie that it was maybe not accessible for everyone. Is not is they didn't they didn't have that Netflix feel to them yet. And, and if you watch it now, it feels a lot different than every other Netflix productions too. You can tell that, you know, they were trying something different with a, with a real director there, but every other movie that I tried to, well, maybe not every other, maybe that's exaggerating, but they just, it just feels like, again, the conveyor belt filmmaking for content creation. And that's it. Like you finish watching them and you get nothing from them other than, Hey, I'm gonna tweet that I watched this Netflix movie, and that's what it's become now, I guess. Well, and how that relates to the physical media and boutiquing kind of uh, kind of flat lines of distribution that we have now is that th- these movies respect, or these uh, distributors rather respect what the audiences are looking for. So they're not just looking for the movie, but they're looking for the presentation. They're looking for that added bit of, of value from maybe special features or something like that. And they're looking for something that's aesthetically pleasing to have on the shelf to admire. And with a lot of these streaming services, it's, it's, it's unappealing. It feels unfulfilling. And yeah, maybe you have to spend a few less dollars on average, but for most people that would consider themselves avid consumers of a- any kind of media, there's just a point where you want to have accessibility to Really, anything that you want to experience, whether it's a, a vinyl record or, I mean, I even still get CDs on occasion just so I can back them up on my computer and then maybe download them on my phone. Uh, but and then other things like, um, like, uh, like, like obviously the Blu-rays and, and like all the boutiques that are kind of doing doing their thing. There's a there's just an air that people want more than just the experience of being able to watch something. The ownership is totally there, and it's there because maybe there's a nostalgic angle to it. I don't think there totally is, but people like the idea of having just their own collection of things they can always revisit, not have to subscribe to anything, pay a one-off price, but then additionally have something that looks worthy of taking out for friends. Like say if you have a, a cult movie night with friends or something like that, you scroll on Netflix and you see uh, terrifier or something like that, which that kind of has a cult following. But when you scroll to it on, on the menu, it looks tacky and it looks a little cheesy. And all you have is the picture of the stupid clown. And that that's really the only thing you have. Whereas let's say you pick up Arrow Video's copy of uh, Larry Cohen's The Stuff, which if you look at the cover art on that, it's pretty eccentric, wild. And yeah, that's great. Something, something the, uh, I, I did want to talk about that I think Arrow commits uh, aggressively, but Shout Factory is probably uh, more of a perpetrator in this, 
is the rise of the comic book pop art style Blu-ray cover. <laughs> I despise this. I hate it. Now, I'll give Shout and Arrow the benefit of the doubt because you can reverse that and use the original cover art, which I really like that. I, I appreciate them doing that. Uh, but you take a look at like the pitch black Blu-ray cover. Jesus Christ. This looks like a like a 2003 free comic book day comic book. Awful. Um, Some of it's tacky, but like you, you have to think of um, the scales that these distributors are working on. And that's what I like about it. They, they, they're making their money, but they, they obviously don't have a ton of money right. to do this uh, like on, on a massive scale. That's why a lot of their copies will sell out and they'll have to remanufacture them. Uh, so they're commissioning regular artists like uh, uh, like a number of these guys, I, like the same two guys, I think, do all like the John Carpenter uh, covers and there's there's a kind of comic booky one of, of vampires which i actually have on my shelf over there but then they did a pretty decent job with the uh the, the escape from la re-release and uh yeah the idea that like they're reversible at least and you can just turn them back around is fun uh but i i at least admire that because it's still it still demands some kind of effort now the results can be uh touch and go varied but, yes but am i going to take that uh, that visual aesthetic over floating head for the 678,000 <laughs> time. And, ooh, oh, great. I can, I get to see Brian Dennehy's floating head on a new Rambo cover. Ooh. It's a very nice. Like, very direct, direct to DVD or direct to video feel to them, really. What they, what they love doing with Blu-ray covers is they'll take, uh, you know, not even like a fully high-res image of one of the actors and then put like a, like an overlay on top of that, like a gritty stone or dirt overlay. <laughs> And then a black and white thing, or a sepia tone. They love doing that. Um, also, uh, Shout Factory is completely guilty in deceiving me. And I would have fell for this at the video store, too. Have you guys seen the movie without warning? No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, it, based off the cover, it looks really cool. It looks like a cool alien film. And it stars Jack Palance and Martin Landau. And this is from 1980. And I saw that. And I saw the two actors. I was like, what? I haven't heard of this. Shout Factory just put it out. Let me take a look atrocious i couldn't believe it's literally <laughs> oh, yeah. a guy in an alien halloween mask and you can see like the mask it looks you know how tusk like justin <laughs> long's face falls into the costume and you can see it almost suctioning it's it's much worse than that it's literally like a halloween store mask terrible um but uh one company i do want to get into that uh i think is starting to carve out an identity that began as like a soft core porn distributor they would take things like debbie does dallas or abel ferrer's first movie the nine lives of a wet pussy is vinegar syndrome vinegar syndrome uh obtained some really interesting uh titles i know that they have uh paul schrader's excuse me patty hearse also blurry which uh we're debbie, gonna be... does, debbie does dallas is softcore i thought it was porn porn it might be porn porn i look i, I haven't seen it oh. before i don't watch that kind of stuff i'm a chaste <laughs> man I've never seen it. I don't know. Uh, maybe it was fifties porn. Jake would know. I don't know. Twenty years earlier. Uh, yeah, it's kiss, just, just, just kissing porn. No, 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 no. Don't be silly. It's just baking. It's a baking banana bread. Just eating it at the dinner table. Hands. It's, it's well, she's baking banana. He's reading the newspaper for hours. Yeah, Smoke, smoking his pipe on, on the love seat with his, with his robe on. Um, uh, there's something that they need to touch up on though is the special features are very limited 
for Vinegar Syndrome. You do get a nice-looking restored cut of these weird movies that nobody has thought about in 20, 30, yeah. 40 years. Movies that probably don't deserve the kind of release that they're getting, to be honest with you. Um, awesome. But they're also limited. I think they only print maybe like 2,000 at a time, often with a... I don't like the slip covers, to be honest with you. I don't like the cardboard over the, the plastic, but mm. they do have those as well. Um, the Patty Hearst one and the, the Nine Lives of a Wet Pussy one, very good. I also trashed, I did trash Arrow on Twitter, and I need to walk that back because I got the UK 4K Ultra HD release of Old Boy here. Old Boy. And it is region free. Do those. Do those also have like the because that's one of the things that I like about the arrow covers is that they all have like the little color rainbow at the I bottom. Hate that. So you, I, that you do. Me off. I, 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 hate I, li- I like. What is it? A gay I Blu-ray? Yeah, what is it? Thing. What is it? A, a homo pride? Like what is this? Sickening. I, I like Terrible. <laughs> what? You would like the rainbows. You like, like the rainbows, the action figures. What? What else? It, rem- do you need? <laughs> it reminds me of like the old like Nintendo cartridges where uh, yeah, LJ, you know, yeah. they all have a say. Yeah, they all have like the same feel to them. Yeah, uh, LJ yeah, has a little rainbow. You want a cupcake to come with your Blu-ray too, huh? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind. Who doesn't want a cup? <laughs> a little bag of cookies stapled to the pack. Well, well. Um, but I, to, to what I was saying though, uh, you know, I, I've obviously trashed the cover art, but I wound up buying this, and this was the first to arrive. And I also bought their rendition of the Driller Killer cruising and audition because they were having a sale through their u.s grindhouse video distributor uh this was not part of that i got that on ebay because they were doing like a proper sale through the arrow video website and i was thoroughly impressed with the amount of special features on this disc and also just how clean uh this print looks because you you take a look at a lot of foreign films when they come to dvd and even blu-ray and they look like they were shot on dv cam because it it, it literally looks like you're getting a bootleg copy of it from 2003 Uh. That's how I was introduced to uh, to Old Boy. Originally, I got some. Essentially, it is a bootleg. It was just like a burned DVD with a paper slip cover, and it, it arrived from Amazon.com in my mailbox. And uh, th- this is super clean. There's five or six different uh, documentary features on here. Uh, all kinds of different trailers. The Cannes Film Festival from 2004. There's four different commentaries. Some in English, some in Korean, with the director. And uh, it is packed. It's packed, and it has a reversible cover. So if you don't like the, you know, the, the art they commissioned, you can get the original poster art. So I can't recommend Arrow enough at the moment. I think they do have the title for probably the best movies in general that they're putting out, or at least the most like commercially accessible films, and also great special features and packaging. Well, I mean, you kind of touched on something that I think I'd actually show some admiration for, and it's the idea of putting out crap. And I, I find something um, totally admirable about that. And, and that's, it's one of the things uh, I've spoken out vehemently against, like the the 4K Ultra HD Blu-rays and whatever that have come out, because I, I don't think it's viable, because um, regular Blu-ray is still catching up. But I think that's the last real frontier of any any true collector these days, whereas the, the Ultra HD movies are really, hey, if... If you, if you like only seeing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 or like Fast and Furious 19, then fine. Get those movies, but those are the only ones that are going to be viable for that format. But Blu-ray, and specifically like these boutique kind of distribution lines, are making a very impressive and concerted effort to dig up films that 
most of the time are, are, are thought of as, as trash or garbage. But then you have people like us who just kind of come around after so many years and find these movies and like, hey, it, it's it's a great relic of its time. Like, uh, for example, um, I believe it was Arrow that actually had uh, a release of uh, Dolomite from 1975 with uh, Rudy Ray Moore, the, the original film. And it's stuff like that, which... Like if you've seen the Eddie Murphy film, you kind of get the, uh, the the significance of the movie. It's it's a schlocky, bad exploitative, black exploitation film from the seventies that that was just massive, just because of what it was. But it, but it's like it's it's a bad movie, but a good bad one. And the thing is, there wasn't a lot of um, great distribution for those movies, even when DVD was on the scene and uh, really was kind of like format free whereas uh blu-ray is is owned by sony they they have the patent of the technology right. but still blu-ray i think has opened up and again specifically these uh smaller distributors have opened up a marketplace that is is bringing films or, or these obscure films that are still a lot of fun and very i think like culturally significant when you put them in a in a time capsule bringing them back in a fun and interesting and like visually aesthetic, uh, aesthetically appealing way via the cover art. And then all the features like, like they're, they're putting a lot of work into all this stuff as we've kind of agreed on throughout the, the, the show. But I think in, in a different way than maybe what we were used to growing up with, because even by the time we were all teenagers and whatnot, it was, it was really assembly line. You got those anomalies like Hans mentioned the, the evil dead, uh, the Evil Dead special release, which I remember with the Book of the Dead and everything, and they had like the leathery outside and whatnot. But it was like it was like rubber too. It was yeah, it was, yeah, it was like I a Halloween remember, mask I, texture. It was I just texture. remember just being like, oh, I want that shit. Like I just wanted it. I, I had those I never, always make I, me I angry still, I, though, because you can't put them on your shelf with all the other ones. Yeah, it sticks out. <laughs> yeah, that was you know yeah, when no, they I did the uh, when it, when you would buy like the Simpsons season one and you would get like the first yeah. five or six seasons. I'm like, yeah, this this looks great, and then all of a sudden it was a Homer head, and it made yeah, me yeah. violently <laughs> angry. Pulling out from the yeah. So that's where the, this kind of recent or quasi-recent trend of this new di- distribution lines have, I think, also opened audiences up to a lot of cool and sometimes like quirky films. Like, uh, you, you know, one I would really want to get and I want to see who who distributed it is uh, The Car from 1977 with uh, James Brolin. Classic cult film. Uh, I would guess Shout Factory has it. And I'm I'm pretty sure they do. And audiences weren't really getting those kinds of things. Like if, yeah. if you or I went to Newbury Comics even 12, 15 years ago, they still just had the mainline stuff. A, a few cool little collector's pieces here, but it was generally like horror box sets, like the Nightmare on Elm Street box set. I remember I always used to see at the old Newbury Comics or something like that, but never anything like, Again, like the car with James Brolin, which is just a very silly but very fun cult film. So this whole kind of movement of new distribution, I think, has also been especially fun for people like us who have seen, okay, I've seen The Godfather, I've seen Goodfellas, I've seen, you know, whatever, uh, Forrest Gump, but stuff that we're leaning toward more, whether it's uh, films like The Audition, which... Is, is mainstream in a sense, uh, but not really since it's uh, a film from Asia or even even things like uh, 
the original ring or grudge films, like which is stuff that you gravitate toward. And then I gravitate toward this like schlocky old America, Americana stuff like the car. Now there's, there's a surefire platform for these films to get brand new distribution and have a pretty pristine quality and a lot of interesting features. And then the cover art. And and that's what's been really fun about me getting into this whole scene. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of, uh, I think amusing that you have a lot of these, movies that would be dismissed as uh, you know, maybe oh. redundant or bad or just irrelevant to the conversation being had around movies, getting this this certain kind of uh, special treatment. And then you take a look at some of the biggest mainstream movies and uh, the companies that put these discs out could give a shit what's on there. You're lucky if you get special features nowadays on like a, on like a Blu-ray, on a real Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. I know the Joker Blu-ray came with like some documentaries that they put on YouTube the same day. So, I mean, you, you can't go a better route, in my opinion, than checking out any of these boutique distributors. And, uh, you know, they might have uh, a mixed bag in regards to films, but uh, I think it's allowed people to discover a lot of forgotten movies that would have just been washed away to time uh, also, especially like, again, through vinegar syndrome, where you're really touching the bottom of the barrel with a lot of that. Some of it's just straight up porn. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's an interesting label and they're doing their own thing. And I think that's uh, healthy and great for the life of cinema. You need to have that G.G. Allen wing of the uh, distributors, too, so that. Even, you know, Italian exploitation movies from the 70s, someone needs to watch them. You know, they're made for someone a reason. Needs to and smear shit on their if it takes, on their... Yeah, and if it takes, you know, a, a weird distributor like them to, to get a, you know, a rape movie from fucking Russia from 62 or whatever, like, that's where you go. And, and yeah, that that's like the, the one complaint I have about, about them, that their special features are not usually not great, but... Most of the movies are just very obscure. Like, how how would you even contact anyone related to the production to get anything else? So I guess fine, but but yeah, yeah, it's cool. I like having the option of of you know whatever I'm looking for, I can find it pretty much now. Mm. So uh, let me ask you: Is there a a special boutique Blu-ray release of Zidane Adams, the Black Blogger, feature length movie? <laughs> What is this? Oh boy! That you just sent to our group chat. Yeah. Who is that? Is I, that I, I, Cookie from Ned's it. Declassified? <laughs> <laughs> I found it on my um, uh, the distributor's website that I go to where I get my movies, and uh, I thought it, it would be fun to check. What distributor is that? Just uh, is just, that one, one is... two three movies dot dot eu? <laughs> what? Yeah, um, I, I said you guys are a bunch of pirates. Uh, Listen, I make four dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, I, I make four dollars an hour. You want me to spend forty dollars on a movie? That Come I've on, where's your morality, time? Hans? If you're if you're lucky, maybe you can afford one by the end of the year. Yeah. You can see one movie. Yeah. No, you want to know? You want to know like a fun anecdote uh, that like I don't do piracy just because I like to have stuff on my shelf, but nothing motivates me to do piracy more than some studio exec clown saying. Don't do piracy. I went to the. I yeah. was at this uh, this small film festival about five six years ago, and uh, one of the producers of the '95 Mortal Kombat movie was on the panel, and uh, their big plug that pretty much got them to do the panel that 
they went there for was this kind of anti-piracy campaign that that they were doing. And this lady, I, I won't say the producer's name, but she was like, um, she she just like kind of put her foot down toward the toward the end of the panel. It was like, listen, if you pirate these movies, you're stealing from us. So don't pirate because that makes you a criminal. And just buy it, buy it from the and, and like some dude out in the crowd. I can't even lie. Uh, what do you say? Oh man! Oh, <laughs> she was like, so next time you're um, you're gonna buy Mortal Kombat on DVD, just think which store am I gonna go to? And this guy in the back is just like Pirate Bay, <laughs> <laughs> and she completely was deflated after that. And I was like, yeah, I I don't like well. Do so you guys remember? Go on. Oh, I was just gonna say I don't like hearing. It's 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 like a bad dare ad. I don't like it. And I again, I don't pirate. But if you if you want to make me pirate, tell me not to pirate because then I will. Well, that 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 was like a stand up bit for a couple of years, wasn't it? From like hacky comedians of just like that commercial before the movies. That's like uh, you wouldn't download a car, and it's like yeah, I would. Like I I, <laughs> I absolutely. We're, would we're not that far away car. from that nowadays. You yeah. can download a gun. Free, free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I remember that one, or when it would just be like someone mugging a lady, and it's like if you steal movies, it's the same thing. It's like I, <laughs> I don't know about that. I did not it's the punch same thing. <laughs> if you if you yeah, stomp like out an old woman's just head, her ass kicked on the sidewalk. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Just stole her copy of I Heart Huckabees, and I just beat the fuck out of her. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> as if you just sit lonely in my computer and download the movie, hurting nobody. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. What do you guys think about HBO Max's? We're gonna roll out one big movie a month and that it kind of turns it into a bit of an event which is very different from amazon prime and netflix where you have uh zack snyder's justice league and then that that's like that month and there's a lot of discussion around that and then the next month godzilla vs kong kind of occupies a a similar role where the conversation is around that and there's a little bit of energy around this mortal kombat movie Obviously, not to the degree of these last two movies, but people are excited about it because they're like, "Hey, new movies, new blockbuster movies," and I can see it for free, even even though I'm paying nineteen dollars a yeah. month. You know? Yeah. So, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's it, it it's I think it's smart if you know how to use it because you're not going to be able to release a blockbuster every month and everyone will be excited about it because after the sixth month of blockbuster, you're kind of going to be like, all right, you know, we've seen them just like any blockbuster movies, you know, uh, it's cyclical. So if you do one each month, you're going to get to a point where you're just kind of like, I, I don't care about this one. So fuck it. But it, it sounds to me way smarter than the Netflix model where it's just stuff. As much know, as game. possible, yeah. yeah. And I, I actually, so, it does start with Wonder Woman 84, which I think, Jake, maybe you didn't see it, but I watched it. And no. Hans, you Yeah, don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Don't don't yeah. waste your, your two and a half it's, hours. It's too long. It's way too it's long. Too it feels long. longer yeah. than the Snyder Cut. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's too long for like just throwing it in to just watch it to watch it right you know? I, that's what i did i threw it on the tv because it was right it was like christmas day or something right or the day after I, I don't know and i put that on and i was like jesus this is this is still going he's still trying to talk people into doing things so he can get wishes or what, what is this yeah, stupid it's, and it's a kid's movie it's all kid logic so yeah. why the hell am i gonna watch this for three hours anyway that was still like an event film and then they dropped the little things with denzel washington and jared leto and i watched that and uh that oh, one's yeah. kind of mixed 
I was I was happy to get something new, so I, I was kind of generous toward it, but it's whatever. And uh, we, we've been on this path of, okay, new movies every single month, and it's a big new movie. And I kind of like it. I don't, I, don't, I don't mind it. It doesn't take the place of the, the theater, obviously, but between this and the way that Netflix and Amazon do their releases, I'll gladly take the HBO. We'll get one big movie per month. Well, uh, I, I kind of like the theatrical aspect of it. Uh, of, of, now, me, I've luckily in the past month gone back to the theater a couple times, and it's been amazing to be back in the theater. I Like I have to say, the, the whole experience, I I didn't realize how, how much I missed it because I didn't go to the movies for a whole year. And uh, so hopefully I go back again this weekend. Uh, a couple things coming up. My cousin does want to see Mortal Kombat. So and it was made for a modest fifty million dollars, so that kind of falls within my criteria of what movies to see. But <laughs> there, there is a there is a, a, fu- a funny point I want to make, and I, I, I want to be petty and throw shade at somebody. While at the same time, kind of getting back into our uh, discussion on physical media. So there, there was a little movie that came out last year that I wasn't much of a fan of. It was called Scare Package, and it was Ooh. released. It, and it oh. was and it, and it was released on Shutter. Uh, which Shutter uh, is probably one of the superior streaming networks, but that's another conversation. But it's a I, debatable one, <laughs> debatable one to have. I guess, yeah. Well, I, here's the thing with Shutter: I feel like the three of us probably get more replay value out of Shutter just because we're tailored to the horror genre uh, compared to the average person. So I, I have yeah. yet to see one of their productions that is not. Kind of. No, but no, but yeah. they, but they have they have a great library of a, a ton of like obscure oh, stuff, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like yeah, and yeah. like foreign stuff. So that's why I think they're. They awesome. also just <laughs> added uh, Joe Bob without the movies recently, which is great for me because that's usually my favorite part. I, I nine yeah. out of ten times the movies, I, especially if Eight. they get into trauma, I'm like, ah, God. But I could listen to him talk about anything for hours. But, so to, to to kind of bring this full circle and back to uh, physical media. So the movie Scare Package, I was no fan of. I, I thought it was putrid. And I, I trashed it online. Even quotes. Yeah, I remember that. Even Didn't quote, the director, like, the, the producer. No, yeah. no, no. The producer, Aaron Akuntz, was like, what the hell, man? Because I, like, I was like, what is this piece of crap? I was like, did they have dirty pictures of Joe Bob Briggs to get him in the movie? And the guy's like, dude, what the hell? We made it with our own money. And Joe Bob just wanted to be in it. And I'm like, oh, sorry. But to 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 prove the effectiveness of um, of physical media and to maybe that I'm wrong and I'm a jerk, Scare Package had a very uh, a very special release since it it it, it panders to uh, the video store nostalgia. They came out with I think a special edition like VHS copy of, of the whole movie or a faux VHS copy of 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 the film, and it sold out. And it it, it sold. They they probably had at least five hundred copies, give or take, um, and and it sold out. And that speaks to a couple things. One. Every movie can find an audience, so don't be afraid to make yours. And then two, uh, people, people have need... money <laughs> to spend people, on shit. People have expensive... <laughs> yeah, which and three, three being that uh, physical media is still, or once again, it's a very sought after commodity. And don't sell it short because I, I mean, even if you're just in it for the profit, which we're not like that. We're not evil, bad corporate guys. Um, just go for it. Go for it because people like it and, and they value it. I mean, the same way we do with any of the 
copies that or distributors we've mentioned earlier today. And if if a movie like freaking Scare Package can do it, then yeah. if you're trying to make well, your uh, movie, do it and give give it a cool release. The the pre order version of Mass State Lottery comes with cups of toenails for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, that, it's just the. Uh, the the, the the actual box kind of like the evil dead it's just, it's, it's just a jar of toenails and you open it up and it's the disc you reach in and just sift it out and yeah dry feet shavings and, and toenails yeah or you or when you open the case you, you smell the the smell that came from our apartment that we all <laughs> which is a bottle that yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got a scratch a sniff like one of those old 50s movies exactly that's where the money's at. All right. Well, I, I think we had a pretty well-rounded uh, discussion on uh, boutique labels and physical media. Uh, where can people find you guys on the Internet? Tautologist and Cinematologist Movie Reviews. There you go. And Hans B. Morrow. There you just go. asked the question. Yes, I did. I answered the question as well. I want to speed this. I got to pee again. I drank like four different beverages. Right. I had to leave during the last episode we recorded. Uh, anyway, that has been Movies for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in yet again. And uh, we'll catch you next week, which I think is going to be uh, Sorcerer. Sorcerer and the Wages of Fear Ooh. with Oki's Weird Stories. Great guests. All right. See you later, folks. Did we do that already? Yeah, we did. Well, <laughs> but the chronology is separate from the record date, Hans. You should know this. <laughs> I was like, do, am I, do I have to watch Sorcerer? I don't remember if I watched Sorcerer. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch <laughs> yeah, Sorcerer yeah, yeah, yeah. again. All right, that's it. <laughs>